Hello listeners, welcome to Single Mother Talks. I'm a full-time single mother. Um, this show is about me reflecting on my life and sharing some of my personal thoughts. I have been through, I think, more than the average person in regards to my journey as a single mother, uh, starting at the age of 17, you know, going through an abusive relationship and not to recap all the negativity that's happened in my life, but it's uh, it's been really difficult, you know, uh, most of my years, a solid decade, not having any help, navigating poverty, etc., etc. Et so, you know, I've experienced a lot of different situations and um, I study a lot of psychology on my own. Um, at first, it was more for myself to understand how I was different from other people and how my brain worked uh, to be able to evolve to become a better version of myself. Um, and it was also, it also started as a trauma response to better understand my environment around me as sort of like a safety thing. Right. But then once I got over the brunt of that, you don't just kind of, uh, let go of those qualities, right? They stay with you. And so this, this observant mind is always here with me and I'm always thinking and always putting things together and making connections. And even when I'm sleeping, even in my dreams, they're always very symbolic. I talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but so welcome. Um, in this episode, I want to talk about something that's really important um, because it is just, <laughs> it's really close to my heart, like many of the things that I talk about on this podcast, but I think it's a very important one for you to hear, especially if you are a single mother and have faced some of the challenges that I have, because it's like, Trying to get people to understand is very rare. Um, so this podcast is about your journey, your own journey, the unique way that you are carving out your life. Um, it's about potential. It's about going at your own pace. It's about being misunderstood all of the time because, you know, being a, a full-time single mother is full of challenges that half the time you can't really explain to people and it's not really visible to people. So trying to make this tangible thing that people can fully understand is next to impossible sometimes. And that really hurts. It can hurt a lot to feel like you're never seen by the world or seen by your family or your friends um, is all we want. All people want is understanding. Hey, I'm here. Do you see me? You know, so that's what this episode is about. So I'd like to start this off by saying that I think one of the most annoying things <laughs> that I've heard all my life that I've had so many people tell me personally is, oh, you have so much potential. There's two reasons why I don't like people telling me that I have potential. One of them is because if you're not a mentor or somebody I admire, or somebody I can, you know, I'm aspiring to be like in some way. Um, if I don't look at your life and go, I want that life. I aspire to be this person. I don't value you telling me that I have potential. The other reason is because <laughs> it is, I, I saw this meme and it started with a meme. I'm just kidding. But I, I did see this meme and I thought it was very accurate depicting 
uh, adversity and what people, some people have to go through before they can even get to a starting line, right? And it's sort of like this big valley and there's two points on either side and there's this big dip in the middle and the person's on one side and there's a starting point. That's what it's called on the other side. And some people just get to start there at that starting point without having to go through this huge valley of adversity and struggle and hardship and, you know, falling down that far and climbing out, you know, some people have to do that before they can even get to the starting line. And so it's like, I had this distinct feeling that I remember at a time in my life where I was tired. I did not have the same ambition as someone else my age, that spring-tailed, you know, a fluffy ambition. I can do anything. Let's go, you know, and it wasn't so much that I didn't believe that I could do anything, but it was that I didn't really fucking care. Like I knew that I had just been to war. That's what it felt like. My soul felt like I had just gone to war I had fought a battle, a huge battle, and I had won the battle. I had overcome everything that I was going through, and I just wanted to rest and live in peace and, you know, try to salvage what was left of myself and heal it and understand it and, you know, have the space to do that and have everybody leave me alone. <laughs> I, I, well, I still fight this, right? Like I, but now it's, it's less, it's not as strong as it was, right? But I just remember, you know, wanting to just be in the woods, just in a little cabin that I'd build myself and live off the land with my dogs and just be there. Um, personally did not care about having, you know, more achievements or, acceptance from people or having a big circle of friends or whatever. Like I, I was good. I just knew for myself that I had done this incredible thing and came out on the other side of it. And I just wanted to be left alone, left in peace. You know, it was uh, a dream for me to, to think about that. And it still is, you know, that's, that's goals <laughs> winding up in the Yukon somewhere with a sled dog team. That's goals. <laughs> but, um, so when somebody tells me that I have potential, but they don't have the capacity to see the war that I just overcame, it was, it was really, it hit a nerve with me. It was just like, ugh, I want you, I want understanding. I want you to be able to see who I am and how amazing it is that I have gone through all of that, that I have turned out to be this person that I have overcome all of this, you know, I, and I've spent a lot of time and energy doing that years of my life, a decade of my life doing that, you know, so it was kind of like, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear the, oh, you could do this. It's like, I've already done this huge, huge accomplishment in my life, right? But guess what? There's no recognition for adversity. There's no, there's no certificate, no medal, nothing you can put on your resume, you know, uh, no way to be acknowledged by society 
for having survived uh, 10 years of, of adversity. <laughs> so it's really difficult to explain that to people. But those are the two reasons why I don't like hearing people tell me that I have potential. So as a single mother, <laughs> as a full-time single mother, all you mothers out there, you are challenged on so many levels that people aren't going to understand. And often with that burden comes so many mental hurdles that you have to deal with in your life, whether you're aware of them or not, you know, and it causes complications in other things. It's not a smooth ride, you know, like if you have unresolved things in your mind, you know, you're, you, maybe you have insomnia. If that's breaking up your sleep, you're not waking up feeling energized and able to do this and that. If you're, you know, aware of what needs to be done around the house and, and such, right? Then it's like you go to sit down to complete a task, but then your attention is pulled in this other direction because now you're aware that your, your child's upset because they're not getting some presents from you, right? Presence as in like, you know, time spent. So immediately you can't focus on that task and your attention has shifted and you're going to go accomplish that, right? And then you notice how dirty the house is and that you can't relax <laughs> until you clean the house, right? So then you spend all your time cleaning the house and then you realize you're short on things. So then you go to make a list, like a shopping list of stuff, right? And then maybe you got to oh yeah, I forgot to take the recycling in. I got to get that right ready. And your attention is shifted and pulled in all different directions <laughs> because you're a one-man show. You've got to do it all. So you do the things as soon as you notice them and it's the never-ending pile of things to do, right? And so it's like this game of trying to get yourself enough, you know, on a regimented schedule to be able to achieve some kind of rhythm and flow and routine day to day. But then there's all these hurdles that are thrown in your path, right? Um, especially if you're, you know, really struggling or going through poverty or whatever, right? Like maybe you have a, maybe you have a breakdown. Maybe you have uh, car issues or something. If you have a car, maybe shit, you run out of bus tickets, right? And now that's a big issue because you can't get to your appointment to, you know, uh, for an interview to do this important job or something or whatever. It's like when you're in sort of destitute, one thing can make something else go wrong and then that go wrong and then this go wrong. You know, maybe you go to the food bank and you forgot that it was a holiday and the food bank's closed and now you have no food, you know, for the whole weekend. Say it was a Friday or something. Um, so what do you do then? All you're thinking about is how, how to, pardon me, how to get food, right? So you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I could take these bottles in to get a little bit of food for that. And then you have no gas in your car. So now you're stressed out and you're like, okay, well, who can I reach out to for help? Or how can I make more money? And then that takes up your day and whatever, right? Like there's so many unexpected things that come up when you're in destitute and you are a one-man show and you're doing it all of all yourself, okay? And it's not like you can explain this <laughs> to people in a thorough way where they're going to get it. 
you know, because sometimes all of this piling on the way that I'm explaining, it is really stressful, right? And then what happens when you're super stressed out, you're unable to sleep, there's lots of tension, you're getting triggered by all this, you know, trauma that you're trying to work through as well, right? You have a, you have a breakdown. Say you have a full-on breakdown when you're right in the middle of trying to deal with all this stuff, right? You're, you cry your eyes out and then you're exhausted. <laughs> you are emotionally exhausted. Whenever I have a breakdown, especially earlier in my life, I usually take a nap afterwards because it is so, it is such a breakdown of breakdowns. <laughs> and, and so you have to take a nap, right? To rest and take care of yourself, to be able to re-energize a little bit right? And then you got to get up and you got to try to deal with it. Or maybe you take a, a crack at it the next day after you've rested because you want to let your mind settle and come back clearer to the situation, right? So it's just, and like, you know, this just is one day. Imagine dealing with this sort of cycle on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, right? It is just so hard to try to survive when you are just kind of on the edge of everything, and, you know, people say, well, why don't you just get out there and make more money? And it's just not that easy, right? If you're dealing with a, a young kid and you're in poverty, you're getting, you know, child subsidy. And so that even though you're getting child subsidy, you still have to pay a certain amount. And so you're, you're not really earning anything, right? If you have to put your child in daycare, that is like half of what you earn in a month, right? And the other half is going to rent and groceries, it's just you're not making anything, right? And the chances that you're getting a job that's going to pay enough where you can put away that magical thing called savings that doesn't exist in a full-time single mother's life, <laughs> unless you got some, you know, uh, blessings in your pocket, <laughs> like, like child support for one, you know, like there's a lot of us out there that aren't getting child support or never have. And a, a lot of us that don't have family support don't have anything. You know, savings is like this magical fairy creature that has never graced us with its presence. <laughs> so, um, you know, so the, the thinking that, oh, just get out there and do more, right? It's not that easy. You have to get really creative with ways of bringing in money. You know, I've mentioned in another podcast that much of the time I broke the law, right? Whether it was driving without insurance or, you know, when I was really young, I actually stole things. I had to steal some like hygiene products and sometimes baby clothing because I couldn't, I, I needed it. I really needed it. And so, um, yeah, this, this thinking where, oh, you're not doing enough is really hurtful. It's really hurtful. Um, I don't think that anybody has the right to tell you that, right? And even though hopefully you know how wrong it is because that person cannot possibly conceptualize everything that you're going through, right? But there's still words and they still go somewhere into your subconscious, right? And especially when you're feeling low, you know, guess where we go, <laughs> When we're circling the drain is we tend to fall back on all of those bad things that are stored in our subconscious and we think about them, right? We give them space in our minds. We can't be perfect all the time. Some of us are going to feel like shit sometimes and sometimes we go there. So, you know, you have to get creative 
with how you're doing things. You have to be resourceful. You have to reach out for, for different avenues of help and funding and whatever you can find to sort of alleviate the burden, right? And there is a lot of pride involved with that, right? We don't, as a, as a really struggling single mother, like we don't want people to know if you have to go to the food bank, <clears throat> pardon me, if you have to go to the food bank, you know, or if you're on welfare or you had to, you know, ask for money, um, you know, who, who wants to admit that, right? There, there's a stigma around that type of person and that affects the way that people treat you. It affects the way that people see you. Unfortunately, it does, right? And it also surrounds you with the wrong kind of people, right? So if you're, you're in this situation where you're going to a welfare office or you're going to whatever, right? Like you're surrounded by people that are struggling just like you. And often that's not the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with to get better in life, right? So we want to surround ourselves by people who are inspiring, who, who you know, are, are on kind of the next level, who you want to uplift you, you know, not somebody to, to wallow in the misery that you are in as well. Uh, something that is worth talking about also is how we can be penalized or anybody can be penalized for not being understood. That's happened a lot in my life. I have been penalized for, you know, if people have an impression of me, they have this impression of me and they're convinced that that's me. And then they take action and penalize me for that impression. That's happened a lot in my life. And it's been really distressing because, because I'm, I haven't been that person and you know, it, it really takes me by surprise. I'm surprised by it, right? Which is something that you can't control, which comes out of nowhere, right? Which is kind of the worst thing that can happen to you when you're a single mom and you're already dealing with all this stuff, right? It's like, where did that come from? What What is that? <laughs> like something I'll share that happened in my personal life um, was with my son when he was pretty young. I think he was about seven and his school. And we had had, I had opened my house to the idea of roommates, right? And I know that this is like a, <laughs> it's not, I've lived on my own forever, right? So up until this point, and it wasn't something that I was entirely sure about. Um, some good things and bad things came from it. One of the good things was that I ended up having a girl move in there who turned, turned out to be one of my best friends later on in life. She and I ended up being so similar. It was an awesome awesome relationship. And so, you know, when she was living with us, um, <laughs> I got this, I got this call from my son's school and my son went through this thing where he lied quite a bit when he was a kid. And it was partly because he was really smart and he knew by doing certain things, he could get certain things. Right. And I think a big struggle in a single mother's life is being able to give the child all of the attention and presence that they need and deserve because you're stretched so thin in every other aspect. So something that, you know, my son and I have always struggled with is, is having, is him getting enough attention and presence from me, right? He's always wanted more. I've always been aware of that. It's always something I've, you know, had to kind of work on. And so when he was really young, he was not getting enough attention from me. And so he figured out that by lying about things, 
he would get attention, right? And so he made up a lie when he was at school um, saying that that our roommate had slammed his arm in our fridge, <laughs> which was it was astounding. I could not believe <laughs> that he had said that because that's that's so so opposite of who this girl was. She was the sweetest person ever, the sweetest, safest person ever. And I have a pretty good judge of character about people. Um, and it was just, it was really surprising that he had done this, but by doing this, he had gotten a special treatment. He had been taken, you know, aside by a counselor and she had, oh, you poor thing all over him, giving him all this attention. And as a result of that, you know, I had, uh, child services <laughs> involved in my life <laughs> because of, because of that incident right? So I had this, uh, ended up having a meeting. I'm like, oh, oh, we're going to talk about this. And I, I sat my roommate down, my son down, myself and this lady that had to come and check up on the situation or whatever. And I made my son apologize. I brought, you know, I, you know, dealt with it where, okay, let's just air this out and get this in the open and solve this right now, because this is insane. And, um, but so it was as a result of the situation being misunderstood, I was penalized. You know, it's like suddenly you're on their radar, right? With child services. Nobody wants to deal with that and things can get so misconstrued. I understand that they're there for the benefit of children, right? Because there are really awful things that happen to kids and they... There, and people can be really manipulative, right? And when it really seems like there's nothing going on, sometimes there is things going on and the child is in trouble, right? But it was just such a ridiculous thing to me and it was offensive, right? And the last thing you want to do when you have child services knocking on your door is, is to be aggravated and reactive, right? Generally, the consensus is if you have nothing to hide, then they can just come in and you know, intervene in your life. <laughs> yes, come in, have a look around, talk to us. I have nothing to hide. And while I understand that, for me as a parent, I was very offended. I have been, you know, the key pillar in my son's life forever. I have always been very self-aware and in control of everything. And and it was really offensive. I didn't know this person. I didn't want this person co coming into my house and talking to my son privately. They're a complete stranger. Everything about it was offensive to me. And I was not the kind of person who would lay down. <laughs> you know, yes, just come in, walk all over me, you know, tote your your control and your ability to um, like, you know, just, just the powers that be that I had to submit to because of their status of being child services. And, and the fact that this situation was so ridiculous <laughs> and it was just... So everything about it was, uh, was uncomfortable, right? And, but like I said, you've kind of got to just bow your head and just let them come in and do their thing and then get it over with, right? But no, I was not happy dealing with the situation. It was very uncomfortable for me. And often, you know, even if it does seem okay and you get it, you figure it out, right? You're still on their radar for a bit and they watch your family for a while, right? So there's counselors in the school that they talk to. And so obviously the counselor at school was the one who, 
who had submitted this report to them and, um, you know, and then you get things like, uh, you know, oh, you're a full-time single mother, right? Automatically there's this judgment that sort of, you know, uh, directed your way and okay, maybe we should get you some counseling or whatever. Like you're under scrutiny immediately because people kind of get a sense of how tough that situation is. So automatically there's like this, this judgment that you're not all there. Like you must be struggling somehow. There, there must be something fucked up going on here. Right. So it was just really, it was really annoying. There was so much, so many strings, so many seeds planted as a result of that lie, that misunderstanding um, that I was penalized for. And it was frustrating because it was like, get out of my life. (laughs) I did not give you permission to be here. This is ridiculous. There's nothing going on. You know, like what, what gives you the right to come into my home and, and hold your authority over me and, you know, put me on this file and under scrutiny um, because of this literal uh, misguided um, report, right? So, so that was one of the examples of, of how being misunderstood can penalize you in your life, right? And I've had other situations with, with friends and such. It's just like they perceive me to be doing things a certain way and I'm not, <laughs> I'm really not. And I feel like I have been misunderstood a lot in my life because it's like, oh, you weren't there or you didn't do this. And it's like, yeah, because I literally could not. (laughs) I could not get there because I could not afford gas. You know, sorry, I couldn't come to your birthday or something or, or, you know, sorry, I didn't get you this or sorry, I couldn't do this at this time. I actually had a breakdown and I couldn't function properly. You know, it's just like, And all of those things amount to something to somebody, but you can never, you can never explain what you're going through, right? It's just so taxing. It's hard. You're going through this, like I said, the cycle every day, and it's just eating up so much of your attention and your energy. So being there for other people in the way that they want you to, or being there in the way that society wants you to be, your job wants you to be, to show up the way that you are expected to show up. Um, when you are trying to figure out your life is really hard and it can cause people to misunderstand you a lot and for that misunderstanding penalize you in many forms right and not just like what 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 one of the examples that I went through but you know with with judgment right I, I can't even tell you all my life I think people have perceived me as a bitch you know um maybe in my later years, like the last five years or so, just not a bitch, but a strong person, like a, um, I don't know, cold. I've been penalized for having boundaries. Like I've, I don't know. So this, this has just happened to me all my life. And it's just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> it's frustrating because it's like, can you just, it's, it's, I'm just hungry for understanding. And I'm just, I don't feel like I should have to explain myself. You know, I'm, I'm really past the point of needing to explain to people, you know, why this or that. I just think that when you get to a certain place in life, if people don't show up the way you want, you just let it go and you move on if it doesn't work for, for you. You can't change a person and you can't uh, change your perception sometimes, right? You can't change a person. If they're doing something that's offending you deeply and it's not working for you, 
you mature enough in life, you get to a certain point where you just move on and you let it go. You know, no amount of, of, of anything, nagging, arguing, you know, pointing it out, like to a certain degree, right? If, if they've done something you've perceived as wrong and you want them to fix it, it's like, okay, can we talk about this, right? But to a certain degree, most of the time you just move on. And I've noticed that a lot with myself, right? You can only change a person by being an example, right? But there are some deal breakers if you notice pat- patterns in their life. Um, and you just you just kind of move on and you let it go. I'm, I'm very much past the point in my life where um, confrontation is going to solve everything, right? Confrontation is useful. I, I think that everybody should learn the skill of confrontation and it's not a negative thing. No matter what happens in a confrontation, you're going to figure out where you stand. You're going to blast through all that gray area, that passive aggression, that indecisiveness, that blah, 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 you know, you're going to blast through all the bullshit and you just get down to the decision-making process, right? So either it's going to work out and you guys can fix it or whatever, or you move on. And so, I don't know, I think I was much more abrasive with my confrontations uh, when I was younger, but, um, and it's a hard skill. It's a hard skill to to learn. And people have this, I think a lot of people are afraid of confrontation and they try to avoid it because they think that it evokes scary, aggressive feelings that they don't want to be on the receiving end of or, you know, be acting like. And that's just poor. That's That's poor confrontation, right? You should be able to express your feelings in a mature and neutral way. There's a quote that I often use in my life and in my head when I'm thinking, right? And it's, you don't cast your pearls before swines, is what they say. And it's true in the sense where you can't explain yourself to a certain person if they're just not able to comprehend what you're saying. It's just an endless cycle, right? So there's lots of people that you're going to meet in life, especially as a single mother, where it's kind of pointless explaining because the the depth and the degree, the level of understanding that you have to have to gauge such a challenging um, road in life, single motherhood, um, is very, it's very big. It's a vast understanding, right? You have to be really mature. You have to be compassionate. You have to um, understand that there are levels you know, all of all of this happening in her life. And if you don't, you're going to cast judgment. I'm not saying that if somebody, you know, directly nefariously does something wrong to you, that you just be understanding, oh, that's okay. That's not what I'm saying. This is under the assumption that, you know, they did not do something intentionally and it's reasonable and you can understand and there are complications. You know, um, I certainly don't want to enable any bad behavior. And I'll admit, right, like I've done some things in my life that I'm not proud of and it was bad behavior and I could admit that, right? And it is in the person's hands to to see that and be like, okay, that's a deal breaker. I'm going to move on with my life. Again, it's you move on with your life. You don't uh, continue with a relationship having this uh, <laughs> secret resentment towards this person that comes out in passive aggressiveness and and judgment and gossip behind their back and whatever, right? You you break the bond and you move on. So I think what I want to say 
to single mothers out there or people that have a challenging life um, and you don't feel like people understand and you are very, you're aware and you're sincerely trying, sincerely trying. You're not, you know, wallowing in your misery and purposely doing things that you you know you're not supposed to do. You're sincerely trying, but there are barriers that people really cannot conceptualize. Um, it's going to be lonely. You are on a path that people aren't going to understand. And you're not going to be able to explain it enough for people to understand. And you're not going to meet a lot of people who have the capacity to understand. <laughs> it's a lonely road. And the best thing that you can do is educate yourself, right? Because when you can explain why people don't understand and you can kind of connect the dots, it makes you more um, self-assured, right? You are your own sounding board. You are your own validation, right? You can figure out why it is that you're not connecting with the world and that's enough. You understand for yourself, you know, um, why, why it is a lonely road, why you why it feels like you're on the outside, right? Reading books and, and educating yourself as much as you can as a single mother is really important. It helps to build your mind, build your awareness. Um, because otherwise when you, when you don't have the pieces and you can't explain certain things, then it, it just kind of feels very confusing. Like the world is just against you. It doesn't help your self-confidence. It doesn't, it's not encouraging because if you don't understand why people are reacting or the world is responding the way they are to you, if you can't come up with a valid explanation on your own from connecting those dots, um, then it can be confusing in the sense where it will stunt your ability to want to put yourself out there, want to try, you know, because it will just feel like you're living in fear. It'll be like, well, everywhere I go, I just seem to run into people that don't understand me and I feel lonely and it feels like nothing I do, um, you know, helps propel me forward and connect with the world, right? Rather than when you can put a consensus to that, a psychological explanation, right? Psychology has helped me a lot in my life. It's helped me to see where people are at in their own lives, in their own mind. It's helped me immensely to understand the psychology of people around me. Um, you know, and it, it frees you from those chains of confusion, right? And it frees you from the chains of caring what people think of you, the judgment that you might feel from somebody. You know, it's often the people that aren't doing well in their own lives or in their own self-evolution that have um, a, a, a desire to kick other people when they're down or, you know, try to pull them down, discourage them. And so there's a, a quote in Stoicism. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's along the lines of, you know, if, if somebody says something to you that's of that nature, right? You, you look at where they're at in their life and who they are as a person. And if that's not a life that you want, or that's not somebody that you want to be, if you don't value any part of that, then why would you care about what they have to say? Why would it register in a way that would 
you would let it affect you. You know, it is a lot different when somebody you look up to, like a mentor or somebody, somebody that you want to be, you know, uh, and often those people are not the kinds of people, if you have your, uh, your, your sights set on the right place, <laughs> those aren't the kind of people that want to tear you down or say something negative to you. So just to wrap this up, being a single mother, um, or if you're dealt a particularly challenging hand in life that isolates you because you can't get understanding from the world and from people, you can't explain half the time <laughs> what you're going through. You know, if you have these circumstances in life, you have a very narrow path, a very isolated one, and these things are going to happen and it's uncomfortable. Um, but my encouragement to you is that it is doable. It's possible. You will become more comfortable with the solitude. You will become more self-assured. You will become more confident in how self-reliant you become, how independent. Um, it is a long road. It's a hard one. And don't feel like because you're not accepted, because you're not understood, that you are not validated, I think is the most important thing. You don't need the validation. You don't need as much validation as you think you do from the world and from people. You can be your own source of confidence. You know, um, it can be hard to derive that. Because, I mean, what do we want to do? We want to talk to people especially if you're a woman, right? And we make sense of things. We talk to people. We get that validation from our loved ones. And um, and even with them, there's just not going to be able to be things that you can explain or interpret in a way where, um, you know, it's it's deemed acceptable or it, or it makes sense to others. And so I just encourage you to be strong, to stay strong in your own mind. There's nothing wrong with you. All right. Well, that's all for this episode. Um, it was an important one and I hope you, you gained something from it. That's all for now.